Welcome to our car cast, the original car cast, not that fancy one by those American Top Gear guys or anything else that might be called car cast. This is the car cast. How many people, Sean, do you think are listening to this that know that we are the originals? Thousands. Yes, millions even. We're award winning. Uh, we give the awards ourselves, so they don't really count, but nonetheless. All right. Uh, I'm Owen Newkirk alongside Sean Shapiro. We are in Sean's new car. Well, like new now because he's been driving it for a week or so. And you're, uh, off the, you're off the lot and it's never new again. It is immediately depreciating in value and it will never be worth the same again. Um, so, that being said, Stars played the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight in not quite what we thought was going to happen uh, because the performance tonight was not what it was on Saturday against the Winnipeg Jets. But yet a lot of people saw this game that were outside of the Stars realm and said, boy, these are two offensive teams that are going to go toe-to-toe and trade punches. They were right. We thought the Stars might show a little bit more defensive structure and hold the Leafs at bay for a while. And, Sean, it didn't happen tonight. No, they uh, they got pushed through a couple, two key things, really, that didn't go well tonight. One, they got pushed around in front of their own net. They just, Toronto dominated the front of the nets. Um, both even strength in on the power play. And they, Toronto's, Toronto came with speed tonight. Man, did they bring the speed. And the Stars weren't ready for it. There was there were certain players that were less ready than others, and maybe that is, that's maybe part of that is a natural speed thing sure. for some guys. But really, overall, as a team, Dallas let Toronto dictate dictate the play and they let them attack and they let them push them around and it was as much as you score four goals great you get you can't let you can't have that many breakdowns you can't have that many situations where the other team is just given a free pass basically yes and it's amazing how sloppy the first period was for both teams for a while uh, transition passes weren't crisp uh, guys struggled to hold on to the puck, and part of that was the speed of the Maple Leafs, but it wasn't all of that. Some of it was just the Stars did not play a crisp game. And so in doing so, they really played into the Maple Leafs' hands in a way, way because that frenetic energy, in fact, uh, Jim Montgomery even used the word frenetic, it reminded me a lot of the Stars from the 15-16 season, which Ken Hitchcock called when he was still coaching the St. Louis Blues, the future of the game, um, which is high-flying, high-risk, high-event hockey, but at sometimes at the detriment of your defensive layers and coverage. Um, the, the least did that tonight. Let's face it, I don't think they're a great defensive team. They're not. But they out-offense the Stars tonight. They're very much like that that, that Lindy Ruff started yeah. that had the best record in the Western Conference where they outscored their problems right now. And, and Mike Babcock talked about that this morning, actually, about how the, the team has to figure out how to not outscore their problems as in they need to fix those problems. But, but he, has, he has to do that between now and the end of the regular season. Yes, but... Yeah, if look, they get off to a good start by scoring, outscoring their problems and winning games, they might be happy to bank those points. For sure, but it, it, it is the type of thing where you look at this Toronto team and if, they're, if they are going to reach a territory where some people think they're going to reach, 
it's probably going to be winning. There's going to be quite a few 5-4 games, maybe even the 4-3 the three, three games in the playoffs with, with this team. Right. It's, That's right. Here. It's not going to be one nothing games in their favor. Um, the good news, Sean, and why they're so dangerous is because they have a solid one-two punch and then a, a, a very uh, very effective third line. And even their fourth line wasn't bad tonight in the limited action they had. So one thing the Stars are still working on is that third option because they have a great a elite top line. They have a very good checking line, the third line, the Fox of Pitlick and Shore or Como, depending yeah. on who they decide to play there. Uh, it's the second line that hasn't gotten up to speed yet. Now, that's not to say the second line hasn't created some opportunities. And once again, uh, I noticed myself saying, boy, that was a nice pass by Jason Spence. Again, for the third straight game, he has found somebody with a really good pass, usually cross-ice, sauced between two or three sticks, and, and set up a scoring chance. Yanmark in the opener. Shore, who actually broke the stick of Connor Hellebuck on a one-timer in the game on Saturday, and then tonight, boy, Miro Haskinen from Smith, yeah. what a pass, and, and what a great save by Freddie Anderson, because we've seen many of goalies flop as they try to scramble, fall in their stomachs, and really be incapacitated, and his ability to, from a prone position, keep his head up enough to be able to get the glove up and make that save, I thought was a remarkable stop. Oh, it was a tremendous, and, and that was really, I don't want to say the turning point of the game, but that was the mo that was the momentum-killing moment for That was probably his dagger, in that, one sense, if, if, if the other end was the if, Tavares if, wraparound. If, if Miro scores there, and it's come 6-5... It's still a track meet. It's still a track meet, and who knows what happens. The Stars don't pull the goalie with four minutes left. They probably pull the goalie with about two minutes left. There's a chance that this is a 6-6 game going to overtime if Miro scores there. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, a defensive mess, but fun. Now, especially with the Toronto team, if you think about the night before, with how things broke down against Chicago, yes. you never know what could happen. You never know. And... I, speaking of, of pulling the goaltender, I think Jim Montgomery made absolutely the right call. You're down oh, by two yeah. goals. You're a little over four minutes to go. Don't wait till a minute and a half or a minute left. You don't have enough time. Just go for it. And it also, um, you know, in the city of Dallas, there's been a lot of talk about fourth and one over the last 48 <laughs> hours. To me, this is the more aggressive let's go for it on fourth down and one in overtime on the opponent's 40-yard line or whatever the, the – yeah. the spot was, but this says we're going to go for it, We're gonna, and you know what, if we give up a goal, now Montgomery did say in the post game that you, you, I'm sure you heard, he didn't like the fact that they got outbeat on a puck by one guy yeah. to poke it in, maybe they shouldn't have given that up, but I really like the trust your guys to go out there and try to t bring this back to you know, one goal game and then try to tie it. Yeah, and, and you have the you have the firepower that they can that do works. it. That works for that. I mean, and you know what? Before that empty net goal, they had a couple of decent yeah. looks with the, the extra attacker. So it yeah. was it was not a completely fruitless endeavor. Yeah, and the thing we're saying right now with the Stars, um, and tonight obviously the issues were defensively, but we look at depth scoring, and there are a couple. There are moments for some guys. Like I think Tyler Pitlick has. Tyler Pitlick has been. He created two or three very he's, good. He's looks been in the right spot in almost every game for a couple chances. Just hasn't had that finish in his game. How about Blake Como tonight yeah. on that three-on-two rush in the second period, where he steps in and shoots it over the net? Or even if he picks a corner there. 
Or the time Diff- again, over. a lot of ifs, but they're yeah. And then the time Anderson plays the puck to Yanmark, and Yanmark shoots at five hole, and this is it goes it five goes, hole. It goes parallel to the goal yeah. line and through the grease. Yeah. yeah, I mean they just need somebody. They need something. And one of those plays is a big turning point, just like the Leafs tonight got three goals that deflected in off stars players. Yes, you just need. The stars, they're going to the right spot. They just need someone to prove they can finish. Because right now you've got you've got 12 goals this season. 11 have been scored by your four main offense players. That's right. It would be the top line yeah. plus Klingberg. Yeah. Um, when you think about that, Sean, and I definitely thought about this, in the first few weeks and months of the season last year, Ken Hitchcock said, it's okay, we can ride the top line right now while the other guys you know, are creating chances but not finishing. A few fans remember last year, and many of them do, are starting to say, here, same old problem, do we start getting worried? And the answer, of course, is no. It's three games into the season. They've scored, uh, what is that, 14 goals now? So it's 12 goals. 12 goals, excuse 12 me. Goals. Um, so they've scored 12 goals. That's good in three games. That's four goals a game. If you do that all season, that's fabulous. But you do... You can't wait two or three more weeks for somebody else to get on the score sheet. But but I'm not panicking after three I'm, weeks. I'm just here. I'll be both a pessimist and an optimist at the same time. Here. Go for it. So on the pessimistic level, you need to see, you need depth score, and you need some guys to finish those chances. You need to see more. Yes. Here is one thing that is different about that laying on the top line this year that is different than what happened under Ken Hitchcock. You look at the minutes on ice. Do you know which forward led the Stars in minutes played tonight? I want to say it wasn't one of the guys on the top line. It wasn't. It was Radic Fox. Yeah. And you're, that top line tonight, they produced well, in 17. It was, they were all right around 17 minutes. And so the fact that if you can keep them playing at 17 minutes a night throughout the season, yep. all of a sudden you're not – they're fresh. They're still fresh at the end of the season. They weren't fresh at the end of last season because right. they were they were getting loaded. There was one point again where we saw Tyler taking made twenty nine minutes last season. That was crazy. And but it's because they they felt like they didn't have any other yeah. options to score goals. And it's felt like they didn't have any other options for anything though. And yes. so the thing, the key is Jim Montgomery has been trusting his other lines, trusting his other lines now. Like there was one situation tonight where maybe he's and I and. Maybe this will have a big, but there was a time where the Toronto iced the puck tonight, and he put the he put the hints line out there for an offensive zone faceoff, and not that that's and just in in the course of this game, and I first looked at that, and my first thought was, why aren't you putting Sagan line out there? And it's something where you could argue about the short term versus long term effects, but maybe. Maybe that's the, not a bad thing to see. Maybe it's not sure. a bad thing to see now because maybe that hints line will need to take that off key offensive zone face off in game 62, and you don't want all of a sudden that to be the first time they're going to throw in that situation. Yeah. So I think that is why this is different than last year. Now, it's different in, in that realm as far as the physical burden, but you do need you need someone to tell someone to put the puck in the net. Yeah, and, and just to, if, if not for the burden of other players scoring, how about... Just to light a spark, because again, the reason, one of the reasons why Toronto is such a dangerous offensive team is because they have two very lethal scoring lines and a very good third line that can also put the puck in the net. Now, uh, Nazem Kadri didn't score tonight, but he had a blistering wrist shot that hit the cross, basically the corner bar, right post on the crossbar, and easily could have found its way into the net. And they, I mean, just you, you have to have that now. 
you don't need your fourth line to score every night. They need to have positive shifts. Um, there were a couple times where the fourth line pinned the Stars back in their own zone, and they had trouble getting zone exits and getting it out to center ice. And, and that is something that will wear an opponent down, even if they're not scoring. Yeah. Um, we should touch on, obviously, uh, the NHL return for the first time in two seasons tonight of uh, Valerie Nichushkin. Yes. Who um, uh, had a bit of a rough showing. <laughs> he, remind, he looked better to me in preseason in the games that he played before he suffered that little injury than he did tonight. Tonight, Jim Montgomery said he looked like the game was, the game looked fast to him. He was caught between. Yes. And I thought that's a fair assessment. Yeah. He looked like he was a half step behind. And I just, I mean, again, okay, so let's be patient because he did, he is coming off an injury. I want to see more from him. Um, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. It was. The Stars' second line is, is lacking something. I don't know what it is precisely, but maybe Val at his at speed with Yanmark and Spezza is a better combination than with Blake Como. But there's just something that they need to be able to be as lethal, or not as lethal, but they need to be able to offer something uh, on a regular basis, if not every shift, like the Sagan Ben line. When you're out there, you know what? You're not going to win every game. You're not going to win every every shift. But you've got to be creating and causing trouble and having good momentum even if it's not scoring chances what if it's just a good cycle or a good yeah. pressure it, it didn't feel like that was always the case with that trio it'd be really nice to see um and he's not and this is not a foul point but just as far as the depth scoring goes it's gonna be if the stars can get the fox aligned to be more of an offense an offensive threat that finishes yes that becomes such a huge bonus oh absolutely right now Right now, the Fox line makes the team better if they never put a puck in the net. They just do. They, that, that's that, that, that's how good they are defensively. They just need if, if that line is able to start pitching in a little bit offensively, it starts to ease the burden all around. And that's the type of group that if they score, that's the type of group that that gets momentum going. Oh, absolutely. So, well, I, I'll tell you one thing: when you give up seven goals against, six with a goalie in. You say it was not a great night. I'll tell you what, Ben Bishop and uh, Freddie Anderson both made some great saves in this game contest. This game was not about goaltending, but I thought they made strong saves on both sides. Anderson made, made the biggest save, and for me... Talk about the Haskin and shot? Yeah, yeah. Bishop was, Bishop was a bit scrambling tonight. Um, yes. And again, am I saying this is the best game for either no, of them? No, no. Yeah. But they didn't get as much help as you would like to see, and, and frankly, I mean, there were saves that both made that were vital to keeping their team yeah. alive for a while well, it's in all three periods. It's interesting because the moments I disliked Bishop's games the most weren't the goals against, actually. Right. Like, they're like yes. I, I didn't like like the, the Hainsey shot that may have been tipped in the first period. It looked period. like it went off of Yanmar. Yeah, it looked like in. it, but either way, he did track the puck well. And, but but it, it's funny because I look at the goals against, and that's not where I have my biggest fault with no. Bishop. It was just moments where it just looked scrambly. He didn't look like he was tracking the puck super well, but those weren't Leading to goals against, yes. it's kind of something where it just I'm doesn't look as. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure is. Ben Ben is a big video guy. I'm sure he and Jeff Reese will hit the video hard tomorrow. But it's sure. um, it's but that's it was not a. I'm not. This is not Bishop's fault. This is the defensive fault. Um, so, but he he made he made some some key saves. But obviously that Anderson save was huge. Yeah, it was big. But again. Um, 
this is the time of year where you, uh, look, you can put positive spins on on things, and, and losing is never always a good thing, but it can be turned in a positive light. This is the time of year to go through these growing pains. So it's better if to do it's better doing game three than game eighty three. Right, or if you're figuring this out in March, if you're still going through these kind of problems, like you might have a bad game here or there, but if you have systemic fundamental problems at that time of year, then you're in real trouble. If it's now, no, you're still you know, or becoming a team as a group. Yeah. Uh, a few lightning round questions. Sure. So a little bit of a light night for us tonight, so I don't know if people are ignoring us or just late on a Tuesday. Yeah, but we Tuesday. do have a couple. Um, Ryan writes, do you see Dobby or Honka getting their debut on Saturday, and should we be worried about depth scoring? Is it too early to tell? We kind of touched on the depth scoring thing already, but... Um, Saturday night, the Stars play their next game. They have three days of practice to get ready for it. Anaheim Ducks. They'll play them twice in the month of October, both at the AAC. So, Sean, do you switch out Anton Hudovin or switch in him for Ben Bishop in that game? Uh, not for the Saturday game because I, I think you, you look at you, – you'll need Hudovin for one of those three games. you got three games and four nights. Yes. So you go Hudovin, you, you have – not Hudovin, you have uh, Anaheim, you have Ottawa, and then New Jersey. And I think I think Hudobin basically gets one of the, one of the games on the back to back. Right. Whether that's the first game, whether whether it's the middle game of the of the, of the three and four, or the second night of the back to back, depending on it, it may be which one Bishop wants. Yes. Um, but I think I think you go back to Bishop in this one. There's three days off in between. Right. Um, you, you go back to. I think I think Bishop is back in on Saturday. Now I agree on that. I, I don't think he comes out because of this. Because frankly, I mean, when you look at the goals against, as I said before, three were deflected in. There was the uh, one off Lindell's leg on the power play. Not much that he can do on that. Um, there's the hazy shot that went in, and then there's the wraparound by Tavares that goes off the stick of Como. And I don't really blame Como. He was just trying to scramble and help cover. Yeah. It was kind of a, a debacle defensively by the whole group out there. Yeah. Um, the Honka situation is more interesting because yeah. I think for Saturday, I think there's two there's two key lessons to be taken away from this night, I think, when it comes to Roman Polak and his defense. First off, um, he did not play much in the third period. 14 shifts in the first two periods. He only had three in the final. Yes. In the final, in the, in the third, um, they shuffled. And basically, it looked like they were running four and five. Yeah, defense, but not six. And that's what they were doing. Um, Polak was was good against was. Polak did his job against Winnipeg. He did yes. his he did his job against Arizona. Um, but I think on, on a night like tonight, this was kind of the example of that. If you're playing against a team with this type of speed... And this, let's face it, this is uncharacteristically fast. Not all NHL yeah. teams have this. I mean, look, the game is quicker than it's ever been, but not like the, this is uh, This is at a pace that... I mean, I remember that team, and I'm going to keep saying it. 15, 16 Dallas Stars skated teams out of the building and off the ice a lot in their victories. And... The stars would go places and just go at this high pace, and all of a sudden, visiting media or uh, opposing media would go, "Wow, these guys can really fly." That's what the the Maple Leafs are doing right now. Yeah, and so this is why Paul is interesting because I think tonight shown showed that okay, 
you're playing against a team with speed, you're not going. He's probably not your the best. If you're playing with, against one of the faster teams, he's probably not the option. You probably don't want him in against a Nashville. You probably don't want him in against. But it depends because there's some heaviness on those teams. Too. There is. There is. Right. I but, mean, so I'm gonna, it, so I'm going to bring up the point. The team they're playing on Saturday is the team is not a overly fast team. It is an overly physical team in the Ducks. Yes. It is the type of team that if the coach was thinking, okay, I want to use my physical guy. I don't want a, a smaller guy to get pushed around. Then you go back to Pollock. That's why the Honka situation is interesting because based off the performance tonight, you say, okay, well, we'll probably see Honka yes. back in. But based off the opponent, we might see Pollock still in. That's that's why it's I, interesting. I agree that's a possibility. Like, uh, either it's going to be interesting because it'll also be the other thing that Julius Honka needs to take from all of this is why didn't he play an opening night? Yeah. Because they looked, they went into practice and said we're going to see who defended the best. Yes. There are three days of practice here. This is if, if you're looking for a lesson to Julius Honka that practices matter. He better have three of the best practice days of his life. Like, yeah. It's like I mean the message if I'm if 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 I'm the coaching staff I'm I see a window of opportunity open here for Julius Honka. Prove to me that prove to me that you go out and go out and practice. Because there will be game-like situations in these practices. Prove to me that you can go yeah, out there and, your ice time, and yeah. earn your ice time. And the message is sent. So, like, hopefully, for hopefully, Honka seizes that opportunity because this is this is an opportunity that he needs to take advantage of. Yeah, it's a big deal, especially considering that this is it, it is really his only chance to make his mark on the coaching staff right now. It's practice because he hasn't gotten a chance to get into a game during the regular season. So, um, here, here, I'll, I'll, I'll add a quick bonus question on that. Here, okay. do you think forward, does the forward group change at all? Um, Just, I, I could see a situation where you did do that. Um, my first thought was is that I thought Como looked a little off the pace tonight, and I don't think he's really been quite up to speed. Yet uh, I still like his potential, but he seemed to be one of the guys that stood out to me in a way negatively with as far as handling the pace of the game tonight. I also feel like he hasn't quite meshed with the rest of the group from a uh, you know getting used to each other and clicking scenario. It doesn't mean he's not getting along with them or anything like that. It's not a personality thing. Just I don't know if uh, he's grown accustomed to. The players away. Some others have because he's new. Um, and it would be it would be, so much, I, it would be would, much it would it would have been much easier to move him down or take him out of the lineup if Val had clicked tonight. Yes, I mean yeah. one of the thoughts I had was is you could put Val up with Spets and Yanmark and see if he can do better in that role. Remember Val and Spets had really good chemistry his first the year. Other thought I had was is that I didn't think Rope Hints had a particularly notable game tonight. Um, he's young. He's going to have his moments, as we all ex would expect a rookie to have. Well, another reason why Miro Heshkin continues to have incredible, uh, just su surprise but not, is how well he plays for games three of his NHL career. Yeah. Um, but I, I just look at that, and I could see a scenario where maybe they put Val up on the second line, they put Como on the third line, and have Devin Shore center the fourth line with Dickinson coming back in. Could be. Now, Shore's been pretty good on that line with Fox and Pitlick, so maybe you don't mess with that. Maybe you put Como down there and let Dickinson center that line and say, look, uh, tell, and tell Blake Como, you didn't do anything wrong. We're just going to see if we can get Val going or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a thought. I, I don't I'll know. tell you one thing, Sean. If you want to pull a positive from this game, 
Star's power play was just exceptional. They only have one opportunity. All 19 seconds of it. It was, it was <laughs> lethal. Yeah. Every all five guys touched the puck. They moved it so quickly, and it was like ho hum goal. What do you got for me next? Yeah. Next challenge. It was that good. If they had three power plays like the Leafs did, then we might be talking about bonus hockey tonight. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, one more. We have one more scatter shooting, which is wondering what ever happened to Kari Lettinen. Um, as far right at this point, Kari Lettinen is technically is not unrestricted free agent. He's, yeah, he's unrestricted free agent. Has not retired um, officially yet. Um, basically, from my last inklings is. I know he was looking for, he's still open for an NHL job, and uh, just hoping for an NHL job that is the, from my brief understanding, I'm not, and this is so just... So looking for an injury in, possibility for the right, opening For up. the right opportunity, right. As, as in, he's not going back, he's not looking for an AHL deal, or... Right, he wants to be in the NHL, and I can understand that. Um, one more question that just came in, so we might as well. Um... And I don't know if you know the answer to this question, Sean, which is fine. Rockstar writes in, is there a release button for Sean's fuel door in the new whip? And does he know where it is yet? <laughs> that is the best part. How do you, wait, Have you gassed your vehicle yet? Yes, I have. Okay. Do you have to use, hit a button or yes. a handle to open it, or does it pop open? There's a little button. Do you know how to do it? Yes, it's right there. All right. Well, for those of you that cannot see through the podcast... Sean pointed in the vicinity of the release button. So it's that one right there. We'll give him credit. It's the one that. that looks like a little game. I love the fact that they're questioning your knowledge of your new car. So that's great. Uh, great way to end on a high note. Star's power play looks great. Um, and Sean is learning his new car. Slowly. Price at 115 tomorrow. 115, yeah. Late practice tomorrow. Yeah. Give him a chance to get some rest, recover, and then we'll see how long it is. Do you think they'll, you know, they have three days before their next game. Yeah. You think we'll see another hour forty-five at some point tomorrow, or maybe? Thursday? Oh, I hope not. But there might be. There might be. Everyone uh, have a wonderful evening.